Welcome to First and Fifteen, the show that takes you around the UK flag football scene. Sponsored by Nuola, your customised sportswear supplier. Hello everybody and welcome once again to First and Fifteen's coverage of the Southwest Conference. We're back from a short break after game day three, now that Gareth has returned from his holidays. I am but one of your hosts, Lewis Phillips, and I am once again joined by my companions, Jay Ballamy. Hi, Lewis. Hello. And the aforementioned Gareth Price. How are we? Very good. Very rested from my holiday. Excellent. We are sadly without Ben Newham this evening, as the Neptunes are training, but we are still joined by Reading Devils' Ryan Homalone McKeveney. How are you doing? I'm all good. Cheers for having me. Good, good. Glad to have you back. Tell us all about what happened in Weston. Um, but before we get started, uh, I believe congratulations are in order, Gareth, um, who, as I understand it, has just had an article published in the July edition of The Marine Biologist. Uh, thank you. Rather been blindsided by that coming up on a football podcast, but cheers. <laughs> well, I still think it's, uh, it's a, a pretty impressive personal achievement. And um, yeah, congratulations, dude. Oh, much appreciated. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be sending us a copy for us to uh, read in detail. Of course. Signed. Signed, please. <laughs> I'm going to frame mine, I think. That's a collector's item right there. <laughs> Do you want to tell us uh, what it was about? Because it's got a really interesting uh, title, I think, didn't it? Um, so with, without without going too much into detail about it, um, basically one of Saturn's moons, Enceladus, um, has a large... Uh, ocean of water under about nine miles of ice and it has potentially all of the the key elements to support life so it was on the the feasibility of marine life um on one of saturn's moons i think that's really cool cheers but i'm yeah for a for a football podcast little nerdy moment but yeah, yeah well done that's that's awesome but let's get down to business um, we'll start really briefly, because unfortunately Ben's not here to cover off their game day. Uh, as we know, um, the Isle of Wight Hellhounds were not able to take a team um, and subsequently forfeited, but they were replaced at the last minute by the Coventry Panthers, who uh, were doing their uh, affiliation game. Um, so, uh, as I understand it, they were um, very sort of well represented um they took a good squad uh ben sings the praises of their quarterback um number 23 as well i think uh was apparently on fire on both sides of the ball um and they gave um by all accounts gave berkshire a run for their money um and was 26 26 at halftime but uh i'm not sure what the final score was but the renegades eventually go on to to win that game um Cheltenham Neptunes were apparently without four or five of their starters, um, but still managed to uh, to run away with a, a comfortable victory, um, which I think was forty to twenty-one over the Berkshire Renegades. So uh, Justin Thomas once again had a great day, um, only threw one interception, um, and. Uh, yeah, otherwise very accurate and lots of touchdowns for Justin. So, I believe um, our absentee um, guest, Ben, also caught four of them. Yes, Ben also had a, a pretty good pretty good day at the office. Um, four touchdowns, four or five, uh, four touchdowns for himself, yeah. So, well done, Ben. 
our thoughts and prayers are with you, Ben. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever you may be in a field in Cheltenham. So, um, what did that? What did our predictions look like for this? Did we? Did we do? Um... We had, uh, yeah, so Jay, you, you predicted a 62-25 um, victory for, for the Neptunes. I think we all, we all got it right. Um, so let's see who was the closest. 62-25 for Jay. Gareth, yours was 52-34. Uh, I said 49-12. Um, Ryan said 45-40. Uh, and Ben himself said 32-21. Um, so well, sounds like Ben was the closest. Does sound like Ben was the closest. <laughs> by that sounds like a fix to me. <laughs> it's because he didn't tell us that they were they were without some of their biggest offensive weapons before he made the prediction. It's not yeah. our fault. It's we're true. still offering yeah. high quality content. Knowledge. <laughs> but without further ado, let's uh, let's move on to the game day at Western. Um, we'll start with the Devils versus the Falcons. Uh, as I understand it, this was a pretty wet weekend. Yeah, our warm-ups were very much delayed. I think it's sort of sunshine showers, but the showers are uh, downpours. So I think all of us took refuge before the games in the changing rooms. So what did the what was that first that first game like then? Once you finally got underway, uh, obviously the um, the Devils ran away victor- victorious, thirty-nine eight. Yes, this was um, a big performance from the Reading defence. Um, they got five interceptions and three sacks on the day. Uh, we didn't really give the extra quarterback much of a chance, I think, to come in and sort of set a rhythm. Obviously, he said he was coming back from America, so I think we made it tough for him to create much on offence. Um, and then our offence sort of picked up uh, from the Isle of Wight game and kept going with that. I don't think Jay played quarterback uh, that day. That that would have that was his, his first sort of uh, session back after well, after America. He wouldn't have been playing quarterback though. I think it was still Ethan. Um, I think Jay was okay. probably playing more on on the defensive side. But yeah, I will give a special mention to James Hegarty for that game. He got three interceptions, so we're very happy with that. Did he manage was to this... return any of them for a pick six yet, or is he still? <laughs> He's, He's still, still waiting, waiting that. for that one. My whole right, prediction, cool. unfortunately, didn't come in. That's I, good. I know <laughs> what that was like. Played All right, Gareth. We'll come, we'll come on to that later, Gareth. Leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, a comfortable victory for the Devils then. Um, was it, This wasn't the, the game that Hegarty injured himself? No, this was next week at a um, charity tournament. So he stayed uh, healthy throughout this one, but unfortunately injured himself next week. <laughs> oh, dear. So after this game, uh, you played the hosts, uh, the Supers. Tell us how that game went. Yeah, this game was really close. Um, ultimately, it was won by a couple of stops for us on defence. So we went, we took the ball to start, scored, and then we managed to get a stop and scored again. And I think we were just able to hold that sort of one-score lead as a buffer the whole way through. Um, there's sort of plenty of offensive talent on show uh, for both teams, really. So... The quality of football from both sides was really, really good. Um, I know I got burnt on their number 10, I think. I can't remember his name, but on a wheel route. So he got me good there. But my special mention for this game will go to Vin Berry with five touchdowns in this, in this game. 
big performance against the Supers. So yeah. 40, 41-27 looks um, like, I think it looks looks quite comprehensive, but seemingly doesn't tell the whole story of how close this game actually was then. Yeah, definitely. We got a score late on, which I think just pushed it into that two-score range again, but it, it was certainly close the whole way through and could have gone either way at times. And did the, did the, the weather have much of an effect on this game? I think the weather held out for the majority of this one. Um, so I think we got a little bit of a shower at the end, but I think it was only just a light drizzle. So I don't really think it had any effect on the game as a whole. So it just rained for the Falcons games then? Great. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so I think uh, I think Gareth may be probably the closest with this one, with a, a prediction of 40 to 36. Probably the closest, I think, of the predictions. Uh, the only one to predict the Devils putting up 40 anyway. And then the final game of the day, um, Supers versus Falcons. Yeah, so this one did turn into a downpour pretty quickly. Um, I think Western were able to execute really well the whole way through, um, especially in that second half. The rain was really, really coming down at that point. Um, and I think we were all quite happy when the final whistle went to get into the uh, into the dry again. Um but they, they were clinical, um, and I think Exeter did struggle to adjust to the conditions a bit with a wet ball. It become really difficult um, to throw, and Weston took a big lead into the half, um, which enabled them to allow um, just to take their foot off the gas, I think, really in the second half, um, and just sort of control the game to deny the Falcons a chance to come back. I guess the Supers are a, a bit more um, geared towards that kind of short yardage uh, offense. Um, they a lot. They have a lot of plays that are quick dump offs and and let the likes of Sam Matthews do the rest. You know, make people miss. Um, yeah, for sure. Especially when the flags started getting really slippy, they definitely were breaking more and more tackles as the game went on. It also looks like Weston got four interceptions and one was returned for a pick six. So possibly working with a short field on a few occasions. Yeah, they definitely benefited from that. Um, so I think overall the, the scoreline does tell the picture of the game. So moving on to um, the final game of the games of the week, uh, we go down to Chichester where your three usual hosts uh, were all present. And these had some really exciting games, I think. We'll start with the Kings and Sharks. You guys want to battle it out? Go on, Gareth. I'll let you do your summary first. Okay, and you can you can chip in if I, if you think I'm being unfair. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, so we know that Canesham were were missing a, a couple of pieces at least on offense, um, and you know I, I thought prior to the game day that uh, they should have a pretty good idea of what they were what we were going to do, um, and unfortunately we did to the Kings much what we did to Reading the week before, which was stop them on their first four drives, generate turnovers, um, have a short field to work with. And then we were, we were clinical on offense, which gave us a big lead about midway through the first half. And uh, we took that lead into half time. The Kings rallied somewhat in the second half. And I think the score in the second half was probably something like three scores to Chichester and two to the Kings. But 
by that time it was it was a bit too late um and uh, the damage had already been done yeah i think that's a fair assessment gareth um we i think we threw three interceptions on our first three drives um and i say we because <laughs> I, I, and i'm not i'm not being false here and and, and self-centered probably in 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 that they weren't um, errand balls, should we say, Gareth? Would you agree? Well, both uh, both of mine were off tips, and I think Shorty's was as well. So yeah, I think I threw about five picks off the day, and, and, and caught, but... yeah, I think I threw about five picks on the day for that game, but only one of them was um, uh, something that wasn't tipped or missed or flung up into the air. So um, look, when you play a team like the Sharks, you have to be absolutely bang on perfect to have a chance. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of experience and grit that needs to go into that type of game. I think by the time that we were three or four scores down before we'd even started playing, the game had already gone and our heads probably went. Mm-hmm. We did a good job of coming back after uh, settling ourselves down at half time, but that um, that result was only ever going to go one way after um, a calamitous start. So it's a learning experience. It, it's a demonstration of where you need to be to play at the, the higher levels in the UK. Um and you learn from it, but for sure, the Sharks don't probably think came out of, a, of second gear. Really, didn't need to. And uh, Gareth, we need to give a we need to give a pleasant shout out for your first pick six ever, um, which I'm pleased to have thrown to you, <laughs> uh, or, or or thrown to someone else who then gave it to you. Um, I did stop you on the first attempt, but then on the second one, someone blocked me off, so I couldn't get there. Um, so yes, well done for that. I'm glad I'm glad to be involved. Thanks, Jay. Much appreciated. <laughs> well done, Gareth. But yeah, I, I, I agree from a, from a referee's perspective. I think it, it was uh, the stage was set from those first two or three offensive drives for the Kings. I think throwing two picks in two drives, I say throwing two, you know, having two balls picked off in the first two drives is a pretty frustrating way to start. Um, and it's, it takes a lot of, uh, it takes a lot of goal to kind of claw, claw back from that. So I think, um, you know, credit for for Kingsham coming out in the second half and uh, with their heads held high and and still battling to the very end. Um, and I say, I say battling in almost a literal term because by the time we got through to the second half, uh, some tempers were freeing a little bit, um, but it was all fine in the end. Um, um, so we'll move on to the second game of the day: uh, Sharks against Falcons, which. Uh, has a very similar looking scoreline, um, but I think this was um, I'd I'd go I'd say probably the opposite to uh, in terms of halves um, for for this game. I think it was quite close in the first half, and then the Sharks kind of ran away with it in the second half. Yeah, I think I think it's a fair assessment um, from the Sharks' perspective. We didn't feel we got going as quickly as we should have. Um, and we certainly made a couple of mistakes on offense, a couple of turnovers that perhaps shouldn't have been thrown. Um, but all credit to Exeter. It was, um, you know, the the defense that you'd put up against us was, was difficult to navigate. Um, and offensively, you, how, how can I put this politely, um, managed the clock. for for all the all the stuff all the nice things lewis has said about the sharks offense this year that the plan to keep them off the field was certainly a good one and it certainly frustrated us for that first half Um, yeah 
that was that was very much part of our game plan. We came into this into this game very loose. We'd kind of already, um, you know, assumed a loss. I guess you know it's like this is Chichester. We're you know we're a couple of people down. We had we had two guys with us that um, had about seven training sessions between them, uh, and this was their first ever games. Um, so it was all all pretty new stuff. Jake and Ed were both clinging on to injuries, uh, clinging onto the field by by the skin of their teeth. Um, so we knew we were going to be up against it. Uh, and like as we've said before, you got to be perfect against the Sharks. So we knew it was going to be difficult to be perfect. Um, so it was very much just look. Let's just relax, play our game, play our game plan, try and stay on schedule. Have some fun. Just make sure we're enjoying ourselves. And and yeah, it probably it probably won't uh, probably won't come out victorious. But then um, by the by the by the end of the first half, I think it was sixteen thirteen to the Sharks. So we were very yeah. surprised, um, like pleasantly surprised to to re- very much still be in with the shout in this game. And I think in the on the first drive of the game, I think I ended up throwing a pick to yourself, Gareth. Um, you, you did very well done, but uh, no, no bold, no bold prediction for you because uh, I wouldn't let you take it back to the house. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to let you do that, and uh, I think on the ensuing, um, I got my own back on the ensuing drive, and I'll be honest, like I kind of I, the way I called that play, I knew exactly where I was going, and I was never going to go to anyone else but Ed, um, as I've as I've said many times before. I will back Ed against most people in this division, certainly. Um, and I really didn't want to have that interception hanging over me for the rest of the game, that niggling voice in the back of my head going, oh, he's picked you off once already. And I was just like, I've, I'm going to go for it. And, and it was probably one of the best balls I've ever thrown. Um, so don't feel too disheartened. I won't be able to replicate it for another 15 years so I I, uh, I felt disheartened at the time but it was I have to admit it was mainly because um, every single play I'd been talking to my defense don't don't get beaten <laughs> deep just you know we, we keep everything in front of us you know make them make the mistakes they're not going to beat us deep and then you know the wind started gusting towards you and I was like yeah yeah go on go on try and make that throw and and yeah you did <laughs> an unfortunate oversight on my part, but um, good throw, and uh, yeah, a very a very good first half from from Exeter. The the advantage I think of the players that we've well one of the many advantages we've got at the moment with the players on our team is just the the massive amount of flag experience and you know having yeah. something like Neil in charge, you know absolutely like and... we were we were disappointed but we were not panicking and yeah you know. That, that, I think you. I think you basically shut us out in that second half. Yeah, it was sixteen thirteen at the half, and we and it finished forty six thirteen. And yeah, just Chichester had. We we kind of came out with every like laid all our cards on the table in the first half, so you knew what we had. Yeah. Um, and Chichester just had that extra depth to their bag of tricks, and were able to you know find the next gear, and maybe for the uh, one of the few times this this season had to. Move into gear three, um, mm. uh, and and from there on, it was pretty plain sailing for the Sharks. I mean, you you may you may be certainly this season. You're the only team that to to prevent Shorty from scoring a point, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was ever. <laughs> I'll uh, 
let you do the research on that. <laughs> You're the best person, best placed. But yeah, I mean, this, one of those games where yeah, there were there were positives to uh, to take from it from our perspective. Certainly, you know, we we look back on that first half and we like, hey, we gave them a scare and we made them work for it for a bit. Um, and uh, and hey, you know, we like Ollie got his first ever touchdown in a in a competitive game, which was you know which everyone celebrated, which was very nice. Uh, and and yeah, you know things like throwing perfect balls and getting interceptions against the sharks and things that little celebrations, small victories. Um, and, and you've got and things... you've got a really good player there in uh, in Jake Tillett as well. I know we've mentioned oh. it before, but finally getting to see him in action, I, I can see what the fuss is about. <laughs> anyway, moving on to the final game of the day um, and the closest game of the day, the Cainsham Kings versus the Exeter Falcons, and this was a tight affair. So a, a smattering of uh, of scores in this one. I don't think many people got that close. Uh, 41-28 from both Jay and Gareth. Um, Did we go for the uh, same thing on that, Gareth? We, we, that's the, yeah, that's the one you both predicted, the same. Um Obviously, I had Falcons winning, uh, Ryan 42-21 and Ben 13-24. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not really sure. I can't, I'm not going to work out the quick maths to see who was the closest. Any more uh, any more insights from your game day, Ryan? Um, I think that's everything, really. I think big shout-out to Weston. It was run really well. Pitch qualities were very good. Um, but I think, like I say, we were very happy, obviously, to come away with two wins from that game day. Uh, he's in some pretty good company at the moment um, at the top of the, the leaderboards for interceptions uh, in, in the company of Gareth and Shorty, all on eight interceptions each. And we're all, we're all second in, in the uh, country behind uh, George Slade of the Manchester Titans. And, and a quick shout out to, is it the NEC? Yeah. Uh, okay. NEC quarterbacks, stop throwing the ball. At him. <laughs> He's got twice as much as anyone else. <laughs> yes, big discrepancy. Uh, I mean, and I, I, as I've as I've said in the past, I think the uh, you know no no disrespect to the NEC teams, but I think the SWC is one of the most competitive. Uh, most competitive divisions in the country. And I think maybe perhaps the discrepancy between the top and bottom of that NEC division is a little bigger than the discrepancy between the top and bottom of the SWC. But that's just my opinion. Well, look, I think, I think as soon as you put, I mean, probably between me, Will, Shorty and Neil, we've, we've probably called each other as many names under the sun as we need to. Um, But we all still, we all still have an amazing amount of respect for each other because we, um, we're just competitive people at the end of the day. Um, I think tempers are always going to fray because you want to win and you want to take every edge possible. Um, and you can, I will never question anybody's refereeing because refereeing is a difficult thing to do, but you can always disagree with a ref and a ref can always tell you it's one way or the other. So you're always going to get a bit upset about it. So um, I think tempers just will fray when you're trying to get that edge back and trying to claw yourself back into a game. But, you know, I don't hold it against anybody. And Neil's still my dad. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that you'd you'd mentioned the refereeing. I thought you uh, benefited from it more than you um, perhaps should have. I, I mean, I look back on some of those calls and I think, <laughs> oh, maybe I, you know, 
let let that go when I shouldn't have, and more often than not, it was I let Kingsham play when realistically I, it could have been a penalty. But there were other there were other calls as well. But, uh, I'm trying to think how this started out. Uh, I think I think we scored on our first drive. Yeah, I think yeah, um, which was was it you know felt pretty felt pretty good it was a good start it was every we uh, we were able to execute quite nicely and um the I, I guess the most frustrating thing from the beginning of this game um was we'd we'd obviously done a lot of preparation for Kingsham. um like i said we kind of resigned ourselves against chichester um so it was very much a case of if we're going to win one game this is the one we've got the best chance of winning. Um, so, you know, we, we watched some of the film from um, the Falcons green game day, which we were lucky enough to have. Um, and then Kane came out and didn't show us a single thing that we'd seen on that film. So, so it was just completely different. Um, so kind of had to adapt on the fly, um, but I did so quite quite effectively especially in the first half I thought um you know uh, Trell was following Ed around for most of it when Ed was on the field and uh Ed was still able to sort of make some plays and even when not we were able to kind of use that to our advantage to make make space you know it was it was kind of obvious um from the way that he was lining up quite so aggressively that uh that he was going to just man up on Ed um which he did, and we were able to use that to create space for other people to uh, to benefit. Um, so particularly on that first drive, um, and even on the second drive, uh, kind of kept our, kept the rhythm up. We had an opportunity to go to go two scores up. Um, again, marched marched down the field and got uh, inside the five yard line. Um, and I, I knew as soon as I broke from the huddle, uh, I looked at Chicago John John Ebenezer. And I was just like, oh, he knows exactly what play is coming. Um, he knows what I like to call in the red zone. He knows it's coming. He knows who it's going to. And he made a very smart play and basically just stood exactly where I wanted to throw on, on fourth down. And I came away going, that was stupid, Lewis. What did you call that play for? Uh, you know, looking back now, should have taken a timeout, you know, called a different play, whatever. Um, but that was an opportunity for us to go to go two up, uh, squandered. And, and it was not... Not the only time there were some missed opportunities. Um, and then I think Kingsham started to sort of claw back into the game. I think, did we go into the half tied? Uh, yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah. Um, and it was tied pretty much un- up until the last two or three minutes, I think, wasn't it? Um, and it was pretty pretty deadlocked for a lot of it. Uh, and then there was, um, yeah, one good play. I think the the, the play that um, that really sticks out in my mind from that drive. I think the the play that sort of saved that final scoring drive was I think Crag got open. Um, it was it was a nice kind of I don't know whether it was a, a designed kind of like flood concept, but um, our corner on that side was kind of split high low, uh, and Crag kind of snuck into that sort of between the corner and safety uh, to get the first down. Uh, I think that was on fourth down as well and moved the sticks um, and put you guys in good position then for basically four downs and only about a quarter of the field to to have to get to. Yeah, I mean, it was a... I always think playing Exeter is an interesting game because you run a very, very... 
not different defense, but the style of defense is so much more different to what we see in the rest of the SWC in that you don't tend to send someone every single play. So it's more mm. of a five on four contest. And uh, between Jake and Ed, normally between the two safeties on the on the day, you've got quite a talented um, set of players over the top. So it's, it's really difficult to find gaps. And as you alluded to, we were sort of missing a, a crop of players who would probably normally play a significant amount of reps for us. I think we were probably, we were missing two of our main contributors from the last Exeter game day on offense. And we're missing what I think are probably our best two safeties on paper and one of our starting linebackers from the day. So, and that was a combination of availability, injury and sort of COVID stuff and whatnot. So it was really, um, it was really a good, a good experience to see how the coaching had worked over time on players that probably at the start of the year weren't, weren't first names on the team sheet, but actually over the course of the year have gotten a lot better. Um, um, to see how see how our coaching has, has progressed over time, I think yeah probably you, we knew that you would have some form of analysis from your other your sister team playing us, so we kind of knew that we couldn't just do the same thing again, mm-hmm. and um, and we were we were keen eyed to that. We we certainly didn't particularly match Trell up with Ed at all, but I know he he often lined up on the same side. So and and Trell is a smart football player; he, he's able to identify whether Ed. Um, will cause damage or not, and, and and adjusted accordingly. I know, I know, John was quite keen, and I, of course, I asked him because that's the sort of person I am. Um, I asked him whether it would be interesting to see if, it, if there was anything favourite that you had, Lewis, in your Arsenal, but he refused to give us any information. So um, <laughs> I, I very much doubt he uh, he predicted oh, anything on that fourth down play. I think he just genuinely is a very intelligent football player. He absolutely is, and and I would I wouldn't have expected him to give anything up. He's, he's, I've got a lot of respect for him, but I think he, in the back of his head, personally as an individual probably had an idea of what I like to call on the goal line. Well, that's I'm not saying that enough. he would necessarily I'm not saying he would necessarily share that information with the rest of the team, but uh, you know, it's gonna it's gonna aid him, isn't it? In the same way that we all know each other very well and we kind of uh, to some to some extent know what we like to do. Um, yeah. he's got that kind of insider knowledge. Yeah, look, if you've taken reps against someone in practice, you uh, yeah. you do get familiarity with them, of course. But um, yeah, no, in terms of that, we didn't have any extra sort of info on um, info on yourself. So um, yeah, summary of the game, as you sort of alluded to, st- you started off very very strong and early out the gates. We were probably hanging our heads a little bit, I'd say, after the Chichester result, as you would do, because um, we'd felt like we got beaten up a little bit. Uh, the combination of that and Exeter running a very, and I, I've said this before and I'll continue to say, Exeter run a very, very solid defense. You've got a combination of that and the weather with a lot of drop balls. Um, we started yeah, very, very slowly. The weather definitely affected us in that second half. Was, yeah. Uh, from, a, from a spectator's perspective was, you know, tied at half time, and you were looking, both teams had opportunities to pull ahead and multiple opportunities and only one was taken in the end. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I think we... The benefit of obviously having a, a good squad is that you can you can take people aside and take a lot of coaching on board, whereas with, with a sort of depleted number of people that day, we couldn't make the normal adjustments we'd want to. So that half-time for us was massive because we were able to get together and actually put our heads together. And after, after half-time, we figured out the most effective way to beat that defence regularly. 
Um, and I know on the first drive, we had the similar problems where we seem to drop the ball all the time, which is fine. That happens. Um, but after that, I think with about seven or eight minutes to go, we, we finally scored our, our second touchdown. And from there, really, I don't think we missed a beat. Um, we, I think we scored, you scored, then we scored again. Then you had an opportunity to win the game or tie it up and, and went four and out. And then we had the ball to run the ball, to run the clock out and, and did so. Um, so, yeah, I, I tend to think it's one of those games where if we played it again 10 times, we probably do win nine out of those 10 times. But the lack of having some of the players on board and the experience that we've got on the team made it a much more interesting contest. Um, and it was a fun game to be in. Massively it was fun. a fun. It was a fun game to be in. I'd always rather be in a close game because that's so yeah. much more. Uh, that's so much more testing, and it, it improves you as a player. Absolutely. I, the only the only thing I disagree with is that if, you, if when you say if you played that game, you know, ten more times, uh, I I honestly think it would be more fifty fifty. Um, and and we we had a chat about this in in our little WhatsApp group after the game, and uh, I do think that there, you know, if we play that game five or six times in a row, uh, I think. You, you. There would be times where you would win more convincingly than twenty to thirteen. I think there's times where Exeter might uh, nip it, and I think there'd be times where we could win it quite comfortably. I genuinely think we're two very evenly matched squads. Um, at, at least you know Falcons Black and and, and Kings and Kings, um, and uh, and I think yeah, it, it would be a different outcome in every game. But the last um, the last drive for us was. Uh, really frustrating. Jake dropped a, 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 what would have been a spectacular one-handed catch that um, that uh, would have moved the chains and given us a fresh set of downs. Uh, and then Ed dropped a pass in the end zone, which 99 times out of 100 he's going to get because Ed just doesn't drop anything. He was he was open. There was no one around him. There wasn't any shirt pulling, or you know he had the separation. He was in the air and the ball hit him in the hands. He was in the end zone. There's no worry about. Or his feet going to be in bounds? He was, you know, quite squarely in the middle of the field, uh, and then for whatever reason, the ball just went through his hands. And, and like I said, ninety-nine times out of hundred, Ed's Ed's going to catch that. Um, but yeah, yeah, like, like as 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 Gareth alluded to, um, both teams had several opportunities to to score, um, and say only only one of them uh, was sort of. Um, taken and uh, yeah just a couple of execution errors on on either side and I think that easily could have gone the other way um and yeah let's say five more games you're gonna have very different outcomes every time yeah I don't think there's any shirt pulling on our side if that's what you're uh no 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 what I'm, what I'm saying is like you know if there's if it, it, the 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 <laughs> That last throw to Ed wasn't wasn't a contested catch, you know. There right, was, okay. you know, sometimes people might get distracted by an, an arm coming through or around or over the top or whatever. There was there was nothing to distract him. There was no contact or anything. He was not not all alone, you know, but he had separation from the defender. Um, he didn't have to worry about whether his feet were going to come down inbounds or out of bounds because he was well away from any sideline. Um, there was nothing to distract. Uh, I think it was just a case of probably uh, wet gloves. Um, and like I say, 99 times out of 100, Ed's going to make that catch. And on this occasion, uh, it, it was fortunate for the Kings that he didn't. 
I think from a from a neutral perspective, a, a one score win was was right. That that seemed to be a fair result. Yeah, and I've got to give a shout out to Daisy who played in her first game after about two sessions with us um, and played exceptionally well. So, yeah, lots of lots of good takeaways for the Kings there with um, with a squad of players uh, gaining a lot of experience over the course of two games for sure. Yeah, there were some definitely some. Uh, I thought for the Kings, I thought um, John number thirty three. We've mentioned him before. I yeah. thought he was. He was certainly a thorn in my side for the Sharks game. Um, Trell obviously is a very good uh, football player, and I thought da- was it David your blitzer? I think he yes. got injured, it, but he he's a he's an excellent blitzer. Um, thought he was brilliant, and he he caused lots of problems. Is he the is he the, the big ginger guy? No, that's other Dave. Beard, other Dave, yeah, that's the Dave I was thinking of. He's very good. Um, he, he's very he's good as just, well. He's just what a frame on that guy. He is built like a prototypical tight end. He'll just box anyone out. He's got good hands. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of Dave Weir. Yeah, and um, we've got Chilean. We've got two days. We've got Dave Weir from uh, Northern Ireland. I think it's Northern Ireland. If I've got that wrong, he'll kill me. Um, <laughs> and uh, Chilean Dave from uh, from Chile, who's who's a previous bed, uh, Blackhawk. But yes, all round um, a very exciting, very enjoyable game of football. Um, day of football and, and very well hosted by Chichester. Yes, we should we should say very nice. Even if it was the Village Green, it was a, it was a nicer <laughs> Village Green than we've played on before at Chichester. I've seen some... I've played Chichester enough times to play at every single different piece of yeah. grass in the in the. <laughs> I'm about to call it the Village. It's not a village, but you know what no. I mean. It does um, have that feel sometimes, though. It is. It's very local. It's yeah. very local to itself. Um, but yeah, and it's you know. I, I, not to sound uh, soft or anything, but it was nice to see everybody because you don't you don't get to see some of the same faces over and over again like it you was. probably did. I, I tell you what was really nice as well um, was Chichester brought along some of their old guys, so uh, or ex-players, I shouldn't say old guys, ex-players. <laughs> um, I think Toby Chopper turned up and uh, Dave Lee, and I think it was someone else as well. Gary, um, I think, was there. Gary, that's right. Yeah, Gary came along as well. So it was really nice to see them. And, and, and actually, one thing that I realised when I was uh, there on the day was actually the last time that I I personally played Chichester, uh, those guys were still playing uh, over, must be 10 years ago. Um, because when the Falcons came into the league, Chichester were in the SEC, so we didn't play them. Um, and then... Uh, and then the following year, Chichester were in the Premiership. Uh, and then the year after that, um, I think was the year that was, that'll be 2019, um, was the year that I broke my foot. Yeah. Uh, and, and wasn't, and was out for the season. But yeah, re- like in terms of like proper full game, competitive, full health, uh, that's the first time I've played Chichester since I was with the South Wales Warriors. But, Ten years ago, and I should have I should have chimed in when we were talking about um, Chichester versus Exeter. Um, I thought the game plan that you put in on an Exeter point of view was so clever. It's a shame you couldn't do it over the forty minutes. Yeah, um, it's like exactly said, how you should play Chichester for anybody who's listening yeah. out there and wants to play them later on. Keep you them should, off you the should field. just essentially not let them play football. Yeah, that's it. Uh, unfortunately, Chichester have got a very deep back box of tricks, and we kind of came out in the first half and said, "Here's our hand." 
uh, and that was all we had. <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of a if if you can run the clock down, it gives the offense less time to score. So it, you know, it, it kept it has kept the score reasonable, even though we ran away with it. We didn't run away with it to the level that we ran away with it against someone like Cheltenham, who continued to play yeah. fast offense and not chew any clock which gives teams the opportunity to score many more points. Absolutely, yeah. That, that's very much it. It was play relaxed, have fun, and take as much time off the clock as possible and keep Neil Henderson on the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> I think a ball, ball security was a thing as well, because I don't think he threw many picks. I think it might have been one. Can't be talking just... to me there. <laughs> I, I'm not. Jay I, loves throwing interceptions against the sharks. Mate, uh, once once one one goes, the uh, the shackles are off. We're just we're gunning for it. Well, I'm so glad that you brought it up so organically. Um... I knew you were going to say something. <laughs> I throw a hail mary at the end of the first half, and you've picked it off and returned it. But you're so just, gassed about it. Just so just so happens that Ed's hurt himself or whatever, it has to take a, a rep off, and no one else, <laughs> no one else, no one else is there to you know to step in. So it's like, all right, this is you know end of the end of the half. So I'll just jump in at safety. I think we played three safeties deep as well. Um, yeah, and full, full on prevent defense. Yeah, it was three three deep safeties and a blitz. Um, and yeah, uh, I couldn't believe my luck when you threw it right at me. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say it was right at you; it was in the air. Um, having having run <laughs> around think... your blitzer for ten minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I think there, there may have been a bit of a disconnect because I didn't I didn't feel like I had particularly good coverage. I can't remember who it was that was, I was covering, but they were. Oh, kind I'm, of, I'm, they I'm had, not saying they the throw to... was good. I'm just saying it was. <laughs> I wasn't picking you out on purpose. I put the ball in the air. <laughs> off my yeah. back foot and then you, you decided they... to run my way and, and to be honest Lewis if I hadn't got your flag you, I would have just dump tackled you not, <laughs> I wasn't letting you score on me That's, I was not being embarrassed twice he couldn't let two of his co-hosts score pick six on him well, I, just, I would have quit uh, home alone <laughs> the slot would have been yours I would, I would, have, I would have given up my, my, actual, my actual point was <laughs> not... <laughs> there was an original point there wasn't there yeah the original point was, was not to point out you throwing a pick to Lewis it was, a, it was actually that Exeter, Lewis only threw two interceptions against the Sharks. Yes, it was helped, a very efficient day. Yeah, it yeah, helped absolutely. a great deal because most teams throw four or five. And it's not just yeah. you, Jay. It's, mo- it, it's every team we've played this year other than Exeter who have now ruined that stat for me. But <laughs> don't, don't worry, Gareth. I did identify before the game that we had to play perfect and keep the ball safe. And then on, <laughs> on the yeah. first throw, we threw a pick. Thanks, Jay. Thanks to you, Jake Tiller has to share the top of the leaderboard with uh, two well, sharks. Look, if, if he wants to pop down in a couple of weeks' time, I'll chuck one at him as well, and we'll be fine. Yeah, you get a pick, and you get a pick. No, I mean, look, come on. It, at the end of the day, if you're chasing a lead, you throw the ball about. Um, Absolutely, yeah. So I don't, I don't really care if I'm throwing a bunch of picks. If we're fifty points down, it's kind of like we just want to score and have a bit of fun at that point. So, and a bunch of them were tip balls. So thanks, Dave. Just had to get that footnote in there. There. Well, I, yeah, I'm still proud. I'm glad you brought it up because I'd have kicked myself if I'd forgotten to mention it. <laughs> no, well, well, yeah, I know, I know. And look, yes, you did both pick me off. Well done. But moving on, Gareth, your team's too good. <laughs> Lewis, we still won the game, so there we go. I think this could be this. I mean. Just from that game alone, I think Kingsham is now going to be one of those games that I'll be looking forward to next time. We got our first good taster of it, and yeah, we 
kind of, you know, a little bit disappointed um, from that game. Uh, so, yeah, we thought it could have gone either way and, and either team probably would have been um, deserving winners. Uh, we kind of feel like we we beat ourselves um, rather than, you know, being beaten. Um, but uh, so, you know, we, we we relish the opportunity to, to see you guys again. Yeah, I think. I mean, look, you're gonna. We're gonna probably go through the division standings in not in the not too distant future. What you'll see with us is our points. Our points um, total is far and far and away stands out compared to the teams around us in the table. But we we have a good knack of finding how finding out how to win games, and that probably comes from a a collective an amount of experience within the game that allows us to even in games where maybe we're not playing our best, win. Um, mm. You know, and and the two te- two teams we've lost to was against one was against Reading in our first game, and obviously just sort of blown us out. So um, yeah, for a first year team, I'd say um, we've not done too badly. Absolutely, yeah. So moving on uh, to uh, bold predictions, um, and then we'll do we'll we'll see how the uh, Chichester challenge went. Um, so Jay, uh, you predict you predicted there was going to be an ejection at the Western game day. Home alone, can you confirm? He's not correct today, unfortunately. That's uh, very well behaved. <laughs> Bunch of wetties. <laughs> uh, Gareth predicted he would get his first pick six, which he did. But he also specified that it was going to be from Lewis, which it was not. So I think that's half a point. Half a point. I that. got you, Gareth. I made sure <laughs> you took I got all, spoiled, you took all spoiled the like the rest of Chichester. You know what? I, 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 like you, Jay, when I threw that pick to Gareth on, I think it was the first drive, I was like, th- in my head as he was running towards me and I was running towards him, I was thinking, if I don't get this flag, I'm going to dump tackle him because there's yeah. no <laughs> way in hell I'm letting him have that on the podcast. <laughs> the most annoying thing about the pick six is I'm in the position to make the tackle and Trell is on the right side of me and goes to make the tackle as well. Gareth runs around Trell so I can't reach and make it, and Trell misses it, and I'm going. I can make that, and if I didn't make it, I would have cleared, I would have cleared him out. Fun- I would have taken the ejection. So there we well, go. Funnily enough, Jay, as I was running towards Lewis, I was thinking if he dump tackles me, I'm going to go straight to Jay and say, "Eject him, go on." You I know, know I would have. I would have. <laughs> Sorry, we were talking uh, about bold predictions there, weren't we? We were, yeah. So half a half a point to Gareth uh, for his first pick six, but it didn't come from me. So uh, I predicted that the, sh- uh, the Falcons would beat the Sharks on a two-point conversion. I was incorrect. Um, <laughs> on, on, on both counts. <laughs> um, home Alone, uh, your prediction was James Hegarty, I presume, uh, gets a pick six. Did he? He did not, unfortunately. Uh-uh. Instead, he broke his fibula or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and Ben predicted that there would be a pick six in every game day, which his own team ruined because uh, there was no pick six. As far as we're aware, uh, I don't imagine that um, Justin Thomas um, threw a pick six. Apparently he threw one interception, um, but he doesn't specify whether or not that, that well, was... Just, uh, Justin throws the ball back. so far down the field that you can't pick it off. It's impossible. <laughs> it's, a long, it's a long way back. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Gonna run through ten bodies if you want to get that pick six. There's never a never a field of green in front of you. Chichester challenge wise, 
I, I said multiple safeties. Gareth, your defense is pathetic, apart from the fact that they were really good and stopped me from scoring a lot of points. <laughs> yeah. <But> rubbish. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you can. <laughs> It was it was a crap prediction, mate. Everybody, you know, we got in the team huddle. I can't remember who mentioned that that was the Chichester challenge, and, and somebody else. I didn't even have to say anything. Someone else on the team went, "We're not doing that." <laughs> well, whoever it is, you're a spoiled sport and you're wet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it, come up with something better next week. That's fine. You're not playing either one of us, so I can be really creative. It'll be fine. <laughs> Who have you got next week, Gary? Uh, it's the Renegades and Falcons Green. Uh, okay. Oh, cool, I, sh- I should have known that. <laughs> <laughs> I say next week. It's not next week, because it's a couple of weeks away. It's uh, first of a week August. on Saturday, yeah. Hmm. Are you playing on Sunday? We're Shouldn't playing be. on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Are you on Sunday? Game? You're a Sunday game. Yeah, we do all of our stuff on Sunday. It really flummoxes everybody when we're. Oh, are Saturday. you? Are you hosting? <laughs> we are. Yeah, party in Bristol. Nice. Mm, happy days. We'll all be licking each other, and it'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> so quickly going over the games of the week, uh, Jay had Western versus Reading. Um, obviously, we didn't get. We don't know what happened elsewhere. But Home Alone, would you say that was? Potential for game of the week? I'd certainly say so based off the rest of the scores. Um, I think there's two very good teams, um, both finding strides. So I could back Jay for that one. Cheers, mate. Uh, Gareth, Ryan, uh, Gareth, Home Alone, and Ben all said Sharks, Kings would be game of the week, um, which uh, I think I Sharks wrong. might no. agree. <laughs> no, no, it was, uh, yeah. It, well, it wasn't as good as Sharks Exeter, so it's certainly not game of the week. Uh, and I, I predicted that Falcons Kings um, would be game of the week, and uh, I think I might. Obviously, I didn't see the Western Reading game, but forty-one twenty-seven is certainly a much bigger score than uh, than twenty to thirteen. I think maybe for the for the um, the fact that. From what you're saying, Home Alone, that basically Reading went up two scores and then were pretty much able to uh, keep that one or two score lead throughout. Um, when on the other side, uh, you know, Falcons went up, Kingston came back, it was deadlocked for the best part of the third quarter, uh, and then it was one last drive for the win. I, I, I'd say that maybe the Falcons-Kings, I might be right on that one. As, as, as someone who watched it, I, I would say it was a little bit too... There were a few too many unforced errors for I was just ESPN instant classic. <laughs> I was going to say, if you like wet games with drop balls and <laughs> terrible um, mistakes, then it's great. But I think probably the better quality football probably came from Reading. But we don't know, because we didn't see it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's safe to assume. Alrighty, so that pretty much wraps up um, the game day three uh, review. Um, we'll we'll be back next week with the game day four preview. But before we leave you, we are just going to quickly take a look um, because some of us were there uh, at 
the Woking Whirlwinds hosted charity event, which took place this past weekend, mm-hmm. uh, which I believe both Gareth and Home Alone were present at. Do you want to tell us a little bit about how that went down? So it was the uh, the Chris Seal Memorial Tournament, and the actual tournament day uh, was very well organised by Woking Whirlwind, and it raised uh, £1,400 uh, towards suicide prevention charities. Um, if you do want to donate, there is a link on the Chichester Sharks Instagram, if you're listening. Um, very worthy cause. Um, two SWC teams uh, in attendance, Chichester and Reading. Three if uh, you count Walking. <laughs> uh, are, they, are they in the SWC? No, they're not. So well, they, they were going to be season. until they dropped out. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, na- Sod's Law... Chichester and Reading were drawn in the same group uh, to play each other in match one. And uh, all credit to Reading, they've completely worked us out. Um, it was not enjoyable in the slightest, uh, but we managed to squeak past them on a last second two point conversion to win 14 13. So, yeah, down, down by a point with time expiring. Um, squeaky bum time. And then I think it's fair to say, home alone, that we both teams made short work of everyone else in the group, um, which was a couple of kitted teams that had put uh, put five people on the pitch. One very cleverly called the Bath Bombs. I like that a lot. Um, and uh, then uh, Reading played the Fruit Bats in one semi-final. Uh, and dispatched them quite handily. We played Woking, who were, uh, you know, uh, as somebody who, as a team that hasn't really played well, certainly no competitive league matches yet, they were a pretty useful outfit. Um, and then Reading and, and Chichester met in the final, and uh, it wasn't quite the defensive struggle that the group game was, uh, pretty much. I think every drive was scored on unless uh, there was one pick by Reading. I think it was Ben um, and uh, Reading didn't score because they got cut short by half time. Um, 12 minute running clock. And then uh, Chichester went up 26-21. Reading had the ball with a couple of minutes left, drove the ball down to our five yard line and got caught out by the running clock expiring on them, which to be frank, left quite a sour taste in, I think, everybody's mouth because it's not really a way you want to win the game. <laughs> um, have I been unfair with anything there, Home Alone? No, certainly not. I think had that final gone on for 10 seconds longer, I, I think we, we easily would have got that play off. And I think the belief was that we were going to win that on that play. Um, I, I think, think that's that's fair, given, given that no one had really stopped anyone in that game. It didn't seem like it was going to start then. No, I think fatigue definitely set in in that final, but I, I couldn't be proud of the guys. We came in, obviously, getting beat quite handily in the Baffa game, and we did want to go out there and prove a point, and I think we did. And while we not won either of those games, I think we've certainly done ourselves proud, um, and it's definitely encouraging for us moving forward. And, and we will beat the Chichester Sharks one day. One day, yeah. the Reading oh, team will beat the Chichester Sharks. It's now a race you... between me and Reading. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't have come closer twice. Yeah. Well, 
we did we, uh, we I think you're fine, Gareth. That we did tie with the, Ch- the Sharks in 2015 in a preseason friendly. Um, <laughs> so I, I was unaware of that. <laughs> we, we we have tied with you. That's the closest we were. We've come. <laughs> See the way it's gone for Reading recently. I would suggest that Reading probably won that game, but somebody miscounted and gave it as a tie. That's <laughs> the sort of luck they have. Yeah. Yeah. Never seem to get the rub, rub of the green, but you guys are fantastic on the day as well. And I think we, we all love playing against you guys because it is a, very much a test of where we're at um, and obviously against a great opponent. I did not enjoy it in the slightest. I, I went there <laughs> looking to play some enjoyable, easygoing tournament football, raise a bit of money for charity. I did not need the stress of not one, but two games against Reading. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think they, once they that, were both good. Once that first game finished, the the motivation for us was getting back to the final and having another crack at you guys. Mm. Well, I think it's it's good it's good from a, a Southwest Conference perspective as well, having the two Southwest teams. Arguably, if you want to include Woking as well, three Southwest teams in the <laughs> semi-finals. Um, but I mean, you know, there were Bucks Wolves were there, Victoria Park Panthers were there, and we. Um, well, we we both beat the uh, the Panthers pretty handily. Um, Bucks Wolves were in the other group, but they didn't didn't make it out. Um, it was the Fruit Bats and Woking who made it out of the other group. Yeah, it just goes to show that the strength of the SWC. I appreciate we don't have a. I mean, Western are strictly a Premiership side based on the 2019 results. But if you think about it, you know we haven't had a team that's played in the Premiership in the 2019 season and. Mm. Therefore, we we get probably looked down on slightly this year, but actually, it's one of the most competitive divisions in the uh, in the country, and and by far, it produces some of the best teams that go on to compete at the the, the sort of national playoffs every year, um, and in in a lot of cases, come home with silverware. I think, I mean, going back to twenty nineteen, you had the plate final winner and the div one um, championship winner being from the SWC. So, yeah. yeah, it's it's a standard that we like to keep here, and uh, well done for the weekend, boys. Cheers. There we go. I think that's a, a pretty positive note to finish on. Agreed. Yeah. Certainly. So, uh, so yeah, join us next time uh, where we will be taking a look at uh, week four, the last week of the SWC BAFA National League. <laughs> Cheltenham Neptunes, Reading Devils and uh, Falcons Black uh, hosted by the Neptunes. Uh, Falcons Green host the Berkshire Renegades and Chichester Sharks and Kingshire Kings on the Sunday then host the Supers and the Hellhounds. Um, so, yeah, uh, an interesting slate of games um, coming up next week. Um, and I look forward to chatting with all you gentlemen again next week, um, previewing those games. Look forward to it. Sounds good. Can't wait. All right. Thanks for joining me, guys. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Goodbye. That wraps up this episode. Find us on Facebook at First and 15 Podcast. Give us a like to keep up with all of our shows. Also, check out our sponsor, Nuola, for all your customized sportswear supplies. Thank you.